transformed or transformation um, in the Lord. Hallelujah. We got some technical difficulties going on here. All right. 2 Corinthians 3.18. This is the scripture that the Lord had put on my heart. Um, and just was meditating on it the last couple days. And um, it's just something that we need to be all totally aware of, of what God wants to do in our lives and not everybody allows him to do. In 2 Corinthians 3.18, it says, So all of us who have had the veil removed can see and reflect the glory of the Lord, who is the Spirit, and makes us more and more like him as we are changed into his glorious image. Um, I love the Passion Version. It says this, We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces, and without the veil, we all become mirrors and brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We are being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transformation comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. Amen. So, in other words, once we're believers, once we come to know the Lord Jesus Christ, we have an incredible opportunity as Christians to become like Christ, to become Christ-like and to reflect him to this world, amen, in thought, in word, in action, in deed. We have this opportunity, we have this treasure in our vessels to let the glory of the Lord shine through us. Let's turn to 2 Corinthians 4, verse 6 and 7. Hallelujah. I didn't mark it, so hold on. Second Corinthians 4. Verse 6 and 7, it says, For God, who said, Let there be light in the darkness, has made this light to shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus Christ. So, again, he's reiterating it, that we have this opportunity, we have this ability to allow, to be so filled with the glory of God that we actually reflect his glory and shine a light so others can see, not us, but Christ in us. Amen? So as I was thinking about this transformation, and it's funny that they used a caterpillar because um, I was reading about it. And a caterpillar, um, he starts off small, and he eats and eats until he becomes bigger big enough to make what is called a crystallis or whatever it is that they make around themselves. And um, it takes them anywhere between five, which is like nothing, and 21 days for them to develop into this butterfly, if I have that right, which really isn't that long for them. And I really actually believe, because Jesus said, he told the disciples to wait in the upper room 
not many days hence until they receive the power of the Holy Spirit, which is the transformation of the Holy Spirit, till they are actually going out and shining the glory of God. In other words, until this transformation takes place, you're not going to be able to fly the way I want you to fly or move the way I want you to move or reflect me the way I want you to reflect me. And so I was just kind of thinking about that with transformation and being transformed into his image and likeness. It's a process that has to happen. And some, they become believers and they stop there, even though there's this available. They stop there and they're a newborn baby believer. And we know that we were never meant to stay babies naturally, right? So we were never meant to stay on the bottle. You know, they kind of kind of frown on you if your mom and your baby is still on a bottle at even like one and two years old. They kind of like, you know, look at you weird like, hello, they should be on solid food by now. They should be drinking out of a sippy cup. And even at that, when they are on the sippy cup, sometimes a little too long, people frown at you for that. Um, because we were never meant to stay at a certain stage. We we're meant to develop, to grow, to transform to an adult, Right? And so the same is spiritually. God meant for us to be transformed and move in our walk, our relationship, and our maturity with him from glory to glory. How is that going to happen? It's going to happen by James 4, 8, by you drawing close to God and him drawing close to you. What happens, how does transformation take place when we draw close to God? Because when we're drawing close to God, you can be doing any number of things. You can be coming to church and hearing the word. You can be studying the word and meditating on it for yourself. You can be worshiping the Lord. You can be praying and, 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 and soaking and waiting upon the Lord. Any one of those things is drawing close to God. It's you making a decision. When we draw close to God, he draws close to us. When he draws close to us, he starts rubbing on us. We start to um, understand what pleases him. We start to hear his voice. We start to, um, you know, find out what grieves him and start to do away with things that is displeasing to him. And then we become more and more like him in his image, in his likeness. And it's not by our own might or power, like Zechariah 4, 6 says, but it says that we're changed from glory to glory by his spirit. But you have to desire that change. You have to desire to become a butterfly, <laughs> to have that transformation and become what God intended you to become, which was a carrier of his glory. Because there are a lot of Christians, as you may see, there are a lot of Christians out in the world that are fine with lukewarm. There are a lot of believers who are fine with just getting a ticket into heaven. Now they have the ticket, but are they going to walk in the fullness of what God has for them? Because he has this thing here. He says, you have this treasure in your earthen vessel so that the excellency and the power of God would be revealed through you. How's that going to happen? It's going to happen through transformation. And we know even with a butterfly, even though that's a quick one, and even the disciples, you know, I mean, they followed Jesus for three years and then they were in the upper room. That's not a very long time. And he even said it, not many days hence. 
I think through research it was like, it kind of looked like about 10 days of just focusing and, and allowing God to strip them. What are they doing in that 10 days? They were seeking the Lord. But what also was happening by the Spirit of God is they were being stripped of their flesh. They were being stripped of things that were displeasing to God. And God was transforming them into his image, into his likeness, so that when they would go out into the world, it wouldn't be Peter and James and John and Andrew. It would be Christ in you, the hope of glory. Why would Jesus even say, it's better that I go away because now I'm not just going to be with you, I'm going to be in you. Why would that be a better thing? I mean, of course, it would be better for Jesus to be with you, right? Because now he could be at multiple places at multiple times. That was the plan anyways. If people would just allow him to transform them into his image and likeness. See, we know the very moment you accept Jesus Christ, obviously something, a seed is in there and, and something takes place. But if you had been a non-believer, you know, I think Don might have a testimony. Nick might have a testimony. I remember hearing my dad's testimony. If you're a non-believer and then you accept the Lord Jesus Christ, there's a process that has to happen. It's not absolutely immediate. A process from the inside out starts helping you. And by the Spirit of God, he starts transforming you into the image and likeness of his son. So that you can be who he had called you to be when he formed you in your mother's womb. Transformation sometimes takes 40 years. <laughs> I get sad when I see believers that have been saved since, you know, childhood and are living as babies. And you know God called them to be more than a baby. You know that they have gifts and talents and abilities that they could be using for the Lord. To glorify him, the reason he put it in there. But they're not allowing God to transform them into his image and into his likeness. And it is a process. And sometimes it, he asks us, as we spend time with him, he whispers to us things that are displeasing to him. And we have to be willing to say, I surrender. We have to be willing to lay that stuff down. If you want to be who God's called you to be. If you want to fully do what God's called you to do. You have to be willing to lay your life down. And so how you do that is any, any form or fashion of drawing close to God, and he will draw close to you. Because Matthew 5, 6 says, if you're hungry and thirsty, you will be filled. You know, so you're coming to church on a Wednesday night, you must be hungry. So you're getting filled with his presence, filled through praise and worship, through, filled through just talking to the Lord and he's talking to you. Filled through um, the word of God and being built up by his spirit. A transformation. You are a butterfly or a caterpillar and he is transforming you, even as I speak, into his image, his likeness. The treasure that's in your earthen vessel is coming out to shine. Amen? So the more time... And I think that if we think about it this way, it'll help you spend more time with him. It'll help you read his word more. It'll help you have more prayer. 
the more time you spend in his presence, in his word, talking to him in prayer, you start to be transformed. You can accelerate your transformation by how much you're spending time with God. There are, you know, we look at somebody who's a baby in the Lord, but they have been a Christian since, you know, age five or something, we'll say. And then you can look at someone who accepts the Lord in their 20s, and they're way more grown up, spiritually mature than the one who's been a Christian all their lives. There's a reason. One decided they're hungry for the Lord, and they allowed God to transform them. The other one isn't peeking their head in the church, but Christmas and Easter and, you know, whenever else there's a special. So one's seriously hungry and God is allowing God to transform them and one is not. And so the more you make a decision to spend time with God, you're making a decision really to allow God to transform you from a caterpillar to a butterfly, to transform you to shine and, and, and show forth his glory, to see and reflect the glory of the Lord. This kind of gives you a whole new outlook on Matthew 5.16. It says, let your light shine before men so that they may know my Father in heaven. When I got this, I want to say it was a year or so ago, it kind of came to me and I was just like, that's what he means. See, you have to give him permission to let him shine through you. And the only way you're going to do that is, guess what? If you're living like the world, you're not going to shine very bright. But if you're yielding to him, you're spending time with him, you're drawing close to him, the more and more he's going to come through you, through your behaviors, through your actions, through your responses, through how you show the love of God, through uh, the manifestations of the spirit. Because guess what? He can't fill a, a, a dirty vessel. <laughs> you know, he doesn't put new wine into old wineskins. And so the more you allow God to transform you, you become this new wineskin that's getting filled up with new wine, and then you shine. So he's saying here, let your light shine. How? By letting God transform you. He's not just saying go out and witness. He's saying let your light shine. Let the glory of the Lord rise up and be upon you. Let the treasure that's in your earthen vessel come out so that they may know your Father in heaven. Amen. So when you're saved, we all know, the old is gone, and now you have a new man. You're a new man in Christ Jesus. The old is gone. But now you have a decision to make. Do you want God to transform you? You know, you haven't reached the epitome of what a Christian is, so we can always, even if you feel like you've been doing pretty good, you can always be transformed. More and more and more until you're in the fullness of who Christ Jesus is. Amen. And he says it in his word, and I'll show you in a second. I'm sure that you can all say that you're not the same person as you were when you accepted the Lord. Why is that? Because a transformation started that day. You started getting a cocoon around you, <laughs> and God started working from the inside out. And started developing you and changing you and molding you and making you into his image and into his likeness. 
The more we draw close to God, the more we're transformed. Amen? I'll use myself as an example. The, it's kind of like, um, and same thing with your giftings too. The more you spend time with God and the more you use your gifting, the more you're going to excel in it. And I'm not the same person I was, even though we had manifestations of his spirit and stuff like that. I'm not the same person I was back when we did youth ministry. Because there's been a lot of growth. Has everything been easy? Absolutely not. And another reason why there's been a lot of growth. <laughs> what does he say? He says, um, in James, he says that it's a trying of your faith and let it work, work in you, you know, um, and you'll be entire needing nothing. Well, I am entire needing nothing. No, I'm just kidding. Um, because when you go through things, it stretches you and it makes you depend on God and spend more time with him and get filled up and get strengthened so that you can stand through that storm. And that's why you're going to be entire needing nothing is because you're stronger than you were before. And when you depend on God in the middle of a storm, he fills you up, he strengthens you so that next time that storm comes around, it's not going to affect you the way it did this time or last time. So just like we are never meant to be natural babies forever, we also were never meant to stay spiritual babies forever. We're not meant to crawl around like caterpillars. We're meant to fly or to soar with God. Amen? So there's a development. There's a development that God wants us to go through. There's a transformation that God wants to go through. But it's not by um, your own strength. You know, I mean, you can serve, you know, um, the needy and, and, and you can, you know, bless the poor and, and you can um, help the orphans or the, or the, the widows. You, you can do all these things, but there's, there's a lot of worldly people that are doing those things too. People that don't know the Lord. What he's talking about here is a transformation by the Spirit of God. Why? How does that happen? It's by because you love Jesus. I like that song, Jesus, we love you. Really, it's just by spending time with him because you love him, a transformation begins. You're spending time in his word because you want to know him more. It's like having a date with Jesus. You want to know him more, and then he starts rubbing off on you. You start to get to know him more. You start to know how he thinks. You start to know how he acts. You start to know how he speaks. And you grow in your relationship. You develop. And then you start to think suddenly. Without realizing it, you start to think how he thinks. What's pleasing to God? Your language starts to change. You're not putting your foot in your mouth as much. Right? Why did that, how did that happen? Because you started to see that God isn't pleased with that. And you start to put a guard over your mouth. A development and a change takes place by the Spirit of God when you spend time with Him. 
you know? And so it's really not a difficult thing because he says his yoke is easy, his burden is light. It's not a difficult thing for a believer who's even a new believer or even somebody who's older in the Lord but struggling with stuff. It's not difficult to transform. It just takes you desiring God to use you. It takes you spending time with God and it takes you sowing into the spirit and you let him transform you. If you're neglecting spending time with him, that's where you've got it all wrong. You're trying to do it on your own strength. Um, John 15, let's turn there. God spoke to me, and I'm, I'm, I'm getting the motivation. I'm praying for the motivation. <laughs> but he spoke to me a long time ago. And he spoke it to me afresh tonight because it kind of has to do with this message. But, um, and really he told me, I already wrote the book through the messages I've preached, but he told me, teach my people how to progress in the anointing. And really that's the book he, title he gave me is the progression in the anointing. But really this is so simple. People seek, seek, seek. They go to this person, that person, these different people that are operating in the supernatural. It's so simple. Sow to the spirit. Reap of the spirit. Sow to the flesh. You're going to reap of the flesh. So the more time you spend with God, the more you're going to be transformed into his image, into his likeness. It's so easy. It's not a hard thing. John 15, 19, and 20. I hope I have this right. Nope, I don't have it right. Okay, sorry. Um, I have down, and, and think about it. This is what Jesus said. He said, I only do, and I only say what I hear and see my father doing and saying. What was he doing there? He was showing us an example of how he was transformed, how he showed forth the glory of God, how he walked this earth the way he walked it, because he is here as a man. So he pursued God. We see that he pulls away from the crowd, and he's spending time with the father. He's showing us an example that he's sowing to the spirit. Then, on top of that, he was only allowing himself, of his own free will, to do only what he heard and saw the Father doing and saying. Why? Because he spent so much time with the Father that he wanted to only please the Father, and he wanted to reflect the Father. Because this world needed a Savior. And guess what? The Bible says, how will they know without a preacher? And how will, they, how will they know unless someone's sent? And how will we be sent or how will we preach the gospel if we're not even shining our light? If you're keeping your treasure hidden, it's not going to shine. You know, you think about a treasure chest and you think you open that up and, whoa, it's bright. There's all kinds of gold in there and diamonds and whatever. It shines bright. 
But when you have it close, it's like putting a bushel over a lamp, like that scripture says. When you have it closed and, and you're not sowing to the Spirit and you're not spending time with God, it's like you have this secret little different life on the inside of you. But God wants you to let it shine. Amen? John 14, 9, Jesus says, If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. Um, I might have had that wrong. Okay, so John 14, verse 19, it says, Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. This is a scripture I gave you, I think. Um, Soon the world will no longer see me, but you will see me. Since um, I live, you will also live. When I am raised to life again, you will know that I am in my Father, and you are in me, and I am in you. We have Jesus Christ in us the hope of glory. We are Jesus to this world. I don't think we get it. If we are not shining forth the glory of the Lord, he's no longer walking this earth. It's supposed to be through you and I. And if we don't shine his glory, if we don't let the uh, treasure in our earthen vessel come out by yielding to him by putting down our flesh by spending time with him so that he can strip us of anything that's a hindrance then we're not going to shine the way jesus did when he walked this earth so i love this john 14 9 he says if you have seen me you have seen the father this question came to me can you say this might sound like should she say that i totally should can you say If you have seen me, then you've seen Jesus. If you cannot say that, then we should get back in that prayer closet, get back in that word, spend more time sowing to the Spirit till we look like him. Because that was the whole point. It's better that I go away. Because I'm not only going to be with you, I'm going to be in you. This world should see Jesus every single day. You, 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 you go out into the world. Every single day, our light should be shining so bright. A transformation has to happen for them to see Christ in you, Colossians 1.27, Christ in me, the hope of glory. That was God's plan, to shine his glory through his vessels. In Romans 8.29, actually, we'll return there. God knew his people in advance, and he chose them to become like his son, so that his son would be the firstborn among many brothers and sisters. I'm going to read on. And then um, many brothers and sisters. And having chosen them, he called them to become, to come to him. And having called them, he gave them the right standing with himself. And having given them the right standing, he also gave them his glory. 
He was supposed to be the first of many that would walk just like he walked. Look at, look at all the people that flocked to him. And you see a few here and there throughout the earth where many people come and flock to, to, to see the glory of God on somebody. It's not the person that's so spectacular because when you get down to it and you get to meet them, they're just a person. But it's the fact that they've yielded to the Holy Spirit and allowed the treasure that's on the inside of them shine. That's it. And we've all got this treasure in our earthen vessel so that the excellency of the power of God would shine through us. Let your light shine before men. Why? So they may know my Father in heaven. When they see you, do they see Jesus? Because it's supposed to be Christ in me, the hope of glory. John 14, 12, he says, Greater works shall ye do because I go to my Father in heaven. How is that possible? Christ is in us. And when we let him shine through us, that means you're laying down your flesh. You're laying down your, um, your fleshly desires, your fleshly cares, so that he can live through you. You're becoming a vessel that's fit for his use. It should be our constant desire, our constant goal to be shining the light of Jesus. I'm not just, I mean, we should, but I think that there's a point where Everywhere we go, and, and I read like about Charles Finney and different ones, that everywhere you go, because you're you, because Christ in you is the more dominant one, you have an effect wherever you go. Where you no longer are like either looking for someone to, to, to touch or get saved or pray for. You're no longer getting all nervous about whether you should talk to somebody, but it just starts happening. And you know which one God wants to touch. Wherever Jesus went, he didn't go try to find anybody. He ran into them and they knew he's the answer. And guess what? He still is, but he's in you. He still is the answer, but he's in you. So who are we? The whole plan was that we would be transformed into his image, into his likeness, to be like Christ, to shine forth the light of Jesus, to let our light shine before men. And really, what, this is what he told his disciples before they went into that upper room. This is what he talked to them about for, I want to say, like 40 days before, in his glorified body, 40 days he says, okay, now, now take what I've taught you. Know that this is what I have for you. Now go into the upper room and seek me until you know you're shining forth my glory. When will that be? You'll know. Go wait until. When is that? You'll know. And they knew. What happens? That day they knew they had been stripped of their flesh. That day they knew that the treasure in their earthen vessel had come out. And that if they would walk outside that room, 
people would know they had been with Jesus. People would see Jesus. Christ in you, the hope of glory. So it's not about spending 10 minutes of devotion time in the morning. It's not about praying over your meals. It's not about coming to church on Sunday morning. It's about being totally and absolutely focused and consumed with Jesus. So in love with Jesus, all you want to do is be with Jesus. I'm not talking about being rude to, to your, your wife. I'm not talking about um, neglecting family. Because God will give you balance. He'll show you where your time is with him. But I'm just talking about like he knows that your heart aches to be with him. Until you're so transformed that your light is shining. People are changed when you come into a room. The atmosphere changes when you walk into a room. Why? Because it's Christ in you. You've so yielded to him that he walks into the room when you walk in. Hallelujah. We need to spend much time drawing close to the Father and allow him to change us from glory to glory. The more time we spend with him, the greater the transformation, the greater the impact you'll make on this world. And I believe our church is being transformed. Like there's more in this, even though it's a small church, that are hungry and thirsty for the things of God, that's why we're having such a manifestation of his presence, is because we're growing in glory. From glory to glory, we're growing. But imagine, you know, it only took those few in the upper room to transform and turn the world upside down. Why? Because it was like 70 Jesuses walking the earth. I mean, think about it. One Jesus was like drawing thousands then all you got all of a sudden you got 70. That's what it was supposed to be like. It's better that I go away because it's going to multiply. I'm going to be in you. Christ in you, the hope of glory. Go, shine me, let your light shine so that they may know my Father in heaven. When I walk into a grocery store, do they know my Father in heaven? If I go to the grocery store and nothing's happening, then I better go back into the prayer closet. <laughs> Talking to myself, too. None of us were meant to stop receiving Jesus. None of us were meant to stop Seeking Jesus. He was to be our focus. Where all of our attention, seek the Lord with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, all your strength. If you seek him with your whole heart, he will be found by you. Constant pursuit and transformation until you become the image of Christ, should be the goal. Constant pursuit. I'm excited every time I have an experience with God. I'm excited about every vision. Okay? I'm excited I just saw Jesus 
I'm excited um, when he tells me something. There's no reason I should know that. I'm excited when he shows me someone's gift. Hey, don't get me wrong. All of it's exciting, but it's still not what he's talking about. We should be progressing and increasing in the anointing. In, basically, the anointing is allowing him to work in and through you. That is the anointing. The more you see manifestations of his spirit working in and through you, it means you've yielded that much more to Jesus to let your light shine. So that what? So that I can be patted on the back? No. So that Christ can shine through you and you may know, people may know, our Father in heaven, that he's alive. It's about showing them that he's real. How are they going to know without a preacher? How are they going to know unless someone is sent to shine the glory of God? Not just to tell them about something that you're not even shining. He told them not to go from the upper room until they're shining forth the glory of the Lord. Until they have the spirit of the Lord upon them, which meant that their vessel was so filled with the glory of God that they were no longer themselves, but they were Christ in them. That's why the impact. And what an exciting life is available to all of us. Ephesians 4.13 says, This will continue till we all come to such a unity in our faith and the knowledge of God's Son that we will be mature in the Lord, measuring up to the full, complete standard of Christ. This is not blasphemous, what I'm teaching. This was the plan. That we would come to walk, talk, and look like Jesus. Until we come to the full, mature standard, full maturity of Christ Jesus. Manifesting the glory of God. Shining, letting, giving him permission to open our treasure up, treasure up, <laughs> letting our light shine so that they may know our Father in heaven. How are we to be transformed? How is this possible? It's not by your effort, it's not by your might or power. It's by the Spirit of God. Does he just randomly fill you up? Does he just randomly talk to you? I mean, yeah, he'll randomly talk to you. But no, it's going to be by you pursuing him. It's by you seeking him with your whole heart. Then he's found by you. It's by you drawing close to God. Then he draws close to you. It's by you sowing to the Spirit. Then you reap of the Spirit. The world has nothing to offer. Yield to your flesh. I'm sure we've all done it before. It just gets you into a heap of trouble. You have to live with consequences that you don't want. That's why the Bible says sin's fun for a moment. After that, consequences. Nobody wants to deal with consequences. Nobody wants to try to hide their sin. Nobody wants to, to, to 
try to always forget about the past. We know God cleanses us and all that, but, but the enemy likes to bring it back. <laughs> and then we have to cast it down and try to keep moving forward. So what is it going to take for you to be transformed? It's going to take you sowing to the Spirit and reaping of the Spirit. Any number of ways. Reading the Word, meditating on the Word, spending time in prayer, coming to church, not forsaking the assembling of yourselves, worshiping God, getting into His presence, letting Him fill you, waiting on the Lord. Any number of ways. But the more you sow to the Spirit, there's no like formula either. Okay, It's just let the Holy Spirit lead you. The more you sow to the Spirit, God will have me pray. God will have me sow. God will have me studying the Word. God will have me speaking the Word. God will have me meditating on the Word. God will have me out witnessing. He'll have me do whatever I need to be doing to sow to the Spirit because He's leading, guiding, and directing my footsteps. But the whole point is that I am sowing to the Spirit because I want to be like Christ. I want, I want Him to take me, mold me, make me into a vessel fit for your use so that I can let my light shine. Amen? Galatians 6 eight is sow to the Spirit. You'll reap of the Spirit. I feel like I'm supposed to actually take a quick look at it, though. Verse 7, um, Galatians 6, 7. Don't be misled. You cannot mock the justice of God. You will always harvest what you plant. In other words... You're not going to be this supernatural, awesome, um, spiritual being shining forth the glory of the Lord, having miracle signs and wonders happen if you're not doing what you're supposed to be doing, which is sowing to the Spirit. It'll work for anybody, but you've got to put in the time. You've got to lay down your life. It says you will always harvest what you plant. So those who live only to satisfy their own sinful nature will harvest decay and death from that sinful nature or the flesh. But those who will live to please the Spirit will harvest everlasting life from the Spirit. He's going to transform you. If you sow to the Spirit, draw close to God, He will transform you into His image. This is what He wanted all along. And I believe there's an acceleration to this last day simply because we're hungry and thirsty for the Lord. And we're going to start seeing God move more because people are hungry and thirsty for, for the Lord. They're going to start sowing to the Spirit more and then therefore manifesting the glory of the Lord more and then stirring up a hunger and thirst in more and more people. This is the whole point. If we will pursue God, don't worry about... Because there are days where um, it seems like nothing happened. I didn't have a vision today. God didn't speak to me an audible word or word by the Spirit today. doesn't matter. Know that the word of God is true. If you sow to the Spirit, you're automatically reaping of the Spirit. You're being transformed. One day, in the upper room, they might have had, man, the presence of God was just so powerful. And then the next day, nothing. It didn't matter. They were doing what he told them to do. They were waiting on the Lord. They were spending time getting in the word. They were spending time in prayer. Then at one point, a transformation took place. You're going to be transformed as you sow to the Spirit. 
transformed into his image, into his likeness. And it can only get more exciting from here. And you'll stir a hunger and thirst on the inside of other people. Why? Because you're letting your light shine. It was a command that so many are not doing. Let your light shine. Let it come through you. How? Spend time with God. Draw close to God. Let him rub off on you. Let his actions, let his words, let how he thinks rub off on you so you're no longer living life the way you think, the way you act, the way you respond. Christ in me. Think about it. Say it. Christ in me, the hope of glory. Hallelujah. So I just want to encourage you tonight. The more you yield to him, the more those things of the flesh, those more those things that you might have struggled with, the more the behaviors or attitudes, resentments, pride, whatever, the more that stuff will just fall off. Why? Because he will transform you. The spirit of God. Hallelujah. Let's just pray. Father, I just thank you, Lord, that your word is true. It's alive. It's active. It's sharper than a two-edged sword. Father, I just pray tonight, Lord, right now. Okay, I just see you lifting your hands. If you want to be transformed, just to lift your hands as I pray this prayer. Father, I just speak right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Let there be a supernatural acceleration of transformation in our hearts, in our lives, in our minds, in our vessel, Lord. Let us be transformed, Lord, into your image and likeness. Holy Spirit, we are so hungry and so thirsty for you, Lord. We welcome you, Holy Spirit, to transform us into the image of Christ so that we can shine forth your glory, so that this world will know our God is God. Father, I just pray right now for each one, Lord, whose heart wants to be transformed, Lord, that you would begin this supernatural work. And there's coming an acceleration of your gifts, of your abilities, of your callings, as you yield to him, as you progress in the anointing. He will be able to use you for his glory. It's the only true fulfillment. I just thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Praise you, Jesus. No more excuses of why you can't be used. No more excuses of why you're struggling. The more you yield to him, the more time you spend with him, feelings or no feelings, you're going to be growing up. Don, you want to stand up? I saw us during worship, and now I get it. Father, I just thank you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. For the stirring up of those gifts on the inside of him. I just hear by the Spirit of God, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. 
So let them flow. Then you will know what I am saying. Let them flow. Then you will know. Thank you, Jesus. Praise you, Jesus. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. And um, Mike, too. So I heard the Lord say, this is the first of many. This has only just begun. Thank you, Jesus. Spiritual eyes as well as physical eyes simultaneously be opened. In the name of Jesus, every hindrance, every clouding of the eyes, both spiritually and physically, I command it to dissipate now in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Jesus, for the stirring up of the spiritual sight and gifts in Jesus' name. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Yes, yes, yes. Praise you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Anybody? Hallelujah. <laughs> Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God.